While many in our world are engaging in behavior that tears people down, Pastor Ed Taylor says we are to be building people up. In our world, the responsibility of you and me is to build one another up and to be builders in this world, not destroyers. There's enough people wanting to tear down, destroy, you know, just wipe people out, wipe people's faith out. There's so much negativity surrounding us. It is the role of the church to build up and to be used by God to build each other, believer and unbeliever alike. You have the privilege of loving people in Jesus' name, not destroying them. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Glad you could join us today for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor as we bring you our final study in the book of Jude. And boy, does it end in grand fashion. You're about to hear a beautiful doxology or a declaration of praise to God. But Pastor Ed wants to key in on an important statement, and that is keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, you might be thinking at this point, well, how do I do that? Jude is about to answer that for us, so let's dive right in. Take your Bibles, open them to the book of Jude, the book of Jude, right before Revelation. And we're going to pick up there in verse 20 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Keep Yourselves in the Love of God. And so Jude, when he, Jude, by the way, is the half-brother of Jesus, when he started to write this letter to believers, he fully intended for it to be a letter of encouragement. But the Holy Spirit took him, on a, uh, took him on a turn, and it became a strong word of admonishing and exhortation. It became a strong word of warning about false teachers and false teachings, and to be careful and watch out for them. He compares them to some really difficult metaphors, you know, using things to say, hey man, it's not a good ending for false teachers. It's not a good ending for those that turn their backs on the Lord and stumble people. And then he gets back to, he gets back to this, no, but you guys, but you guys. He says in verse 17, he says, but you, beloved, he says, remember the words which are spoken before by the apostles through the Lord Jesus. But you, beloved, it's a good reminder for us today. A couple of things here in this text in verse 17 is, hey, but you, there's always, there's always an alternative pathway for the believer in the midst of a dark and difficult world. You know, you got everything going on around you. You got all this drama in the world, all this drama in your family, all this drama at work. And then you're like, no, but you, it's different for you. You have a different pathway, a different set of instructions, a different way of responding to things as a born-again believer. It's different for the believer, but you. And notice what he says in verse 17. He says, but you guys, with all these difficulties, all these challenges, but you, beloved, remember the words that were spoken of uh, before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Exactly where we are in the book of Acts. Remember that the early church was strong because they chose to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Jude is saying the same thing here. 
But you guys, with all these false teachers, with all these difficulties, everything, but you, you stay in the word. You stay and remember, don't forget the way you were taught what you were given. Not only that, notice, now pick up in verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, same phrase, you building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory in majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. So Jude finishes up a very difficult letter with one of the most beautiful, powerful doxologies in all of the scripture. And you say, well, Ed, what is a doxology? A doxology is a declaration of praise to God or a brief hymn expressing his power and glory. Even though the word itself doesn't appear in the Bible, the concept is all over. And we see one here beginning in verse 24 and 25. It's like you just pause and begin to think on the goodness of God. You pause and you begin to declare it to him. And he gives this final instruction. Keep yourselves in the love of God. You beloved. Don't ever forget your precious, privileged place in relationship with God. It's unique to born-again believers, where you not only know of God's love, but you literally experience it. A real, true love, not the type of love that the world describes, you know, very syrupy and sweet and romantic, but the love of God is a self-sacrificial love, a love that gives. I mean, as you study through the scriptures, you find that love is an action, not a feeling. Although feelings may be involved, love always leads to action. And service. Remember what God said, that Jesus himself, when he was talking to Nicodemus, he said that God so loved the world that he gave. Love and action, they go together. And even though we're going to learn in a few moments how to keep ourselves in the love of God, there's going to be a lot of activities that will help you. Before you ever do anything, remember what God has done for you. Before you ever do anything, remember that God is the initiator the Bible teaches us, and we know this to be true, like we, we actually don't even need the Bible to tell us this, but we understand it, where the Bible says that we love God, why? Because he first loved us. <laughs> it's like a response. How can we not? How can we not respond with love? How can we not respond with this self-sacrificial surrender to the God who loves us? And so we remember how God's love surrounds us, is the only place of blessing, the place of supernatural strength, the place of endurance, God's love is ever around us. You know, when he says to keep yourselves in the love of God, it speaks to the mind. This is an instruction for our mind. It speaks to where you are in your thinking. It speaks of like Jesus said in John 15, to stay there. Like you already experienced the God's love, so stay there. Remain. Remember what Jesus said? Abide in me and I will abide in you. Stay put. Don't move. Don't leave. Stay focused. Remember what we learned in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. His love is to us. God's love is for us. 
God's love is in us. And so stay there. Enjoy it. Access it. Experience it. Share it. You could think of, for the believer, like God loves this world, but it's special toward the believer. It's relational. I think a, a great example of that is, you know, the kids around the church here. I love the kids. I love the kids. I love your kids. I love to talk to them, learn from them, bless them, pray for them. But I love my kids more. I love my kids way more than your kids. Why? Because of relationship. They're my kids. These are, these are the children that God has entrusted to me to care for. But it doesn't diminish the love that I have for your kids. It's just different. It's a different love. But you know, both the love for my kids, the love for your kids, it all comes from the Lord. It's something special. It's a gift that he gives to us, not only to experience it, but to share it, to extend it. And the love of God is something special for you. And the love of God is something special for me because we're his kids. Don't ever forget that. You'll see in a moment, you're like, but Ed, how could I ever forget that? By the time we're done, you'll see that it's very easy to forget the love of God, even as you are engaged in all kinds of religious behavior, even as you're trying to do the right thing, even as you want to live a moral life. You can do all of those things outside of the love of God. We're not conscious of it, not keeping yourself in a place where you're enjoying his love. So here's a few things to answer the question, because if you're asking a question, how do I keep myself in the love of God? Jude answers it as you start in verse 20. If you're taking notes here, number one, you want to keep yourselves in the love of God. Number one, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. That, that is step number one, at least here what Jude says. You're to build upon the foundation of your faith. You are to continue to build. And that word in the original language means exactly how it's translated in the English. The, the Christian life is one of growing and building, never staying the same and not going backwards. It's going forwards. We are building upon the solid foundation. Jesus used that illustration, remember? He compared those two people that were building their house, one on the solid rock and one on the sand. And as they were building, what tested the strength of their homes and what they were building? It, it was the foundation. The foundation was tested by the storms and the difficulties of life. And the guy that chose to build on the shifting sands lost it all. Completely lost it all. But you and I have the privilege of building our homes on the rock. On the, the, the strong foundation of Christ. Christians are to be builders not destroyers. Did you know that? that? There's even a Bible word for that. It's the Bible word edify. Edify means to build up. And in our world, the responsibility of you and me is to build one another up and to be builders in this world, not destroyers. There's enough people wanting to tear down, destroy, you know, just wipe people out, wipe people's faith out. There's so much negativity surrounding us. It is the role of the church to build up. And to be used by God to build each other, believer and unbeliever alike. You have the privilege of loving people in Jesus' name. Not destroying them through sarcasm and criticism and on and on the list could go. You want to keep yourselves in the love of God? Be a builder. Build yourself on the faith. Build yourself up on the faith. Secondly, notice he says in verse 20, or again at the end there, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying. This can mean one of two things. One, praying in the Holy Spirit could refer to those of you with the gift of tongues, that you can pray in tongues to the Lord. 
And it could be a, an, an emphasis upon praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. But it can also refer to those that don't have the gift of tongues or anyone to pray in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, to, to pray in a surrendered place, to, to be in a position where the Holy Spirit, even where the Bible says that there are times we don't know what to say, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God helping us in our prayers. I want you to notice here what Jude does is what God has been doing with us as a church. What God is doing with us as a church is bringing us back to basics. It's just simplicity. We don't need to overcomplicate things. And right out of the gate here, what does Jude say? In order to keep yourselves in the love of God, read the Bible and pray every day. That's basically what he says. Hey, remember what the apostle says? Remember the teachings, verse 17, and now he's telling us to pray. Live a life of building your life upon the rock. I'm telling you, I wish, if you will just, if you will just trust me week after week as I as I beg you, as I encourage you, as I exhort you, if you would just trust me by reading your Bible and praying every day, there will be a change in your life. There will be. And I know some of you might have a hard time trusting pastors. You hurt somewhere or some, and you're like, so I'm just asking you, come back to the place, trust God at his word and read it every day and pray every day. And you will find yourself in a position to enjoy the love of God. You'll learn about his character and his nature. I mean, the things that, that are taking up time other than God's word and prayer are not helping you, taking you away from the love of God. You know, when we pray in the Spirit, the Spirit prays through us. When we take in the word of God, we receive from him. When we pray, we communicate with him. It reminds us that, again, it's a battle for the mind, and it's a battle for perspective as we're reminded of the eternal. You want to keep yourselves in the love of God? Pray. Thirdly, notice he says at the end of verse 20, uh, 21, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Looking for, you want to keep yourselves in the love of God, you will be looking for the return of the Lord. I mean, Jesus Christ promised to come back. And this phrase here where it says looking for, in the original language, remember the New Testament is written in the Greek language. So the tense of this word would be translated in English continually looking, where there is never a time where you're not anticipating the eternal state, the return of the Lord. Wouldn't everything change for the positive if Jesus came back today? I mean, wouldn't all the things you're carrying, all the difficulties you're facing, all the issues in life, all, every, all of it, wouldn't it be subtle if you met the Lord face to face today? Okay, so, so why aren't you looking for him? Oh, it stopped, huh? Oh, well, because we get caught up in life. You know, we have our goals and our dreams and we have our possessions and we have our worries and anxieties and just layer after layer after layer after layer takes us away from the love of God. It takes us away from anticipating being reunited with him. The very reason why we're saved is to be in relationship with him. And we'll, we'll experience the fullness of that revelation at his return. The Bible calls the return of Christ a blessed hope, a blessed hope, the, the culmination of all history. The expectation of Jesus keeps our present realities in perspective. The temporary is fading, but Jesus is eternal. 
the, the, the cares and concerns of life, they grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious grace. The word and prayer, the anticipation. There's a Bible word for that too, and Paul uses it when he's writing to the church in Corinth. He uses that word maranatha. That word means even so, Lord, come quickly. It has the idea of anticipating his return where all that we have desired will come to pass. You keep yourselves in the love of God, church. It's such a great reminder. But understand, it's not an encouragement to keep yourselves in the love of God so you'll be saved. Keep yourself saved. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean keep yourself in a place where God will love you. Keep yourself in a place where you deserve it. Keep your, no, keep yourself in a place where you enjoy his love. Because this is a loveless life in world already. Already. Just a doggy dog world. I, I remember... I remember the, one of the first Bible studies I heard on the radio was a Bible study by Pastor Chuck Smith way back. And it was on this text. He was talking about keep yourself in the love of God. And I remember the illustration he used. He, used, he, used the, he compared the love of God to like the sun and its rays and its heat and everything beneficial from the sun. He says, all you need to do is go out and enjoy it. You don't need to do anything else. Just go and be in the sun, be in the rays, and just take in all the benefits, the vitamin D, and everything that comes from the sun, the heat, the light, and everything. However, if you take out an umbrella and you open it up and you stand under the umbrella, you're no longer enjoying the benefits of the sun. It's still shining. It's still all around you, but you have purposely covered it and hid yourself from it. And I find so many believers, they live the same way. They, they, they allow all of, the, all of the urgence and all the difficulty and all the hopelessness of this world. Because the world is just has no hope. They, they, where are they going to look to? Well, you know, they made a decision over here. It didn't work. Oh, and science said this. Didn't work. Oh, and this one. Didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. Why? Because the world's temporary. God's going to refashion this world. He's going to bring this world back to its beautiful, pristine existence like it was in the Garden of Eden. But only those that have a relationship with him will be able to enjoy it. We even have that hope in them. We're reminded and encouraged by Jude today that with everything that's happening around us, that we're to keep ourselves where we can enjoy and experience and be affected by God's love. Some of you are still not convinced. You're thinking, well, I'm a Christian. I love God. He loves me. There's never a time where I could be outside of the love of God. I mean, I understand that, but you'd be incorrect. If you think that, you'd be incorrect. Just about 40 or 50 years later, Jesus, after the, after the planting of a church in the city of Ephesus, that's where we get our Bible book Ephesians from. It's a letter written to a church in the city of Ephesus. And, and in that letter, Paul's going, you guys have so much. You're doing so much. You're such a great church. It's amazing. And it's like everybody wants to be the church of Ephesus until you get to Revelation. So turn over to Revelation with me in chapter 2. Because just about 40 years later, this is the same church. Probably many of the same people. And if they're not in the church, they're in the city still. And listen to what Jesus' assessment is. From Jude, it's only a couple pages over to the right. Listen to Jesus' assessment. And consider yourself as you read this. Consider our church here. In verse 1 it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And then listen, this is amazing. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. You've tested those who say they're apostles and are not and have found them liars. 
You've persevered, you have patience, you've labored for my namesake, and have not become weary. Now, this is a great description. Listen to this church. They're active, full of good works. They're discerning. They, they have pressed through the challenges. They are patient. They're laboring. They're, they're not weary. They haven't given up. But they've got a big problem. There's a huge problem. The very next word in verse 4 is nevertheless. And that's not a word you want to hear from Jesus. Good, 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 nevertheless. Listen to what he says. I have this against you. You have, if you haven't marked this already, you need to in your Bible. Circle the word left. They left their first love. This is what Jude's saying. Keep yourself in the love of God or you will leave it. That's exactly what Jude is saying. You're listening to our final study in Jude on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. It's titled, Keep Yourselves in the Love of God. And you can hear it again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. So, Pastor Ed, you encouraged our listeners today to read their Bible and pray every day. Now, what would you say to the person that's thinking right about now, I just don't have the time. I'm way too busy. Well, I would say that you probably are a very busy person, and, and life can get really full. I, and I'm sorry that you're in a place where you're so busy that you don't think you have the time to read the Bible. Um, but I want to acknowledge the busyness, um, because it is life does get busy. You got kids, you got singleness, you got church, you got work, you have all the challenges with COVID. Life is busy. But I would, at the same time, want to encourage you, you you're not too busy to get into the Word of God. If, if the Word of God and your relationship with the Lord has the highest priority, then it'll actually come first before the busyness even starts. And that's important for me. I have a lot going on in my life, too. And as a pastor, I could easily just phone it in, right? I can do my studies, pray over the text, and go, oh, you know, I prepared a Bible study, so that's my quiet time or my personal time with the Lord. And it's not. I mean, it does minister to me. I love studying. I love learning. I love growing. But I also need my own personal—I have my own personal walk. I have my own uh, desire to grow in grace. I want to be a better husband, a better dad, a better friend, a better pastor, a better leader, whatever it might be. And so let me just say gently but firmly, you do have time. You just need to reorganize. And I'd encourage you, please reorient your life so that you will put Jesus first because you do need his word. You need it, even if you're reading it just to receive it, just to do it. Let the Holy Spirit use his word in your life. You read it as a, as a son that's hearing from his father, from his daddy. Read it as a daughter wanting to learn from her dad, from her father, what it means to be a godly young woman. The Lord will meet you there. So be careful when you start looking at spiritual things and go, I don't have time. It's just a reorienting of your life. You're going to stay, you're never going to not be busy the rest of your life or full or, you know, sometimes people will say to me, Ed, I would reach out to you and talk to you, but I know you're so busy. Well, I'm busy because I'm doing the work of the Lord. It's not too busy. Um, I've made, I've reoriented my life to honor God with my life. And I know my limitations. You know your limitations, but put God first and you won't regret it. Thanks for sharing that, my friend. 
We've been blessed in recent months as we hear from people who have called or written to let us know that they listen and how God is doing a great work through the teaching of His Word. We're so thankful to God for this. And if you'd like to share your story, please email us through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We really do want to hear from you. And we also have a book we'd like to get into your hands that can help you overcome discouragement and even depression. It's Struggling Under the Broom Tree by Pastor Bill Gem. It seems like a day doesn't go by that we don't hear of someone who is really down and discouraged. The past couple of years have really been rough. Did you realize that the prophet Elijah also struggled with fear, doubt, and depression? And you'll read about it in this book, but also how God would lift him out from under the broom tree of despair. Pastor Bill reveals God's rescue plan for discouragement in Struggling Under the Broom Tree. Request a copy when you give a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We're here to serve you at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or just go online to calvaryco.store. And thank you for helping us get the word out on stations like this one. As you partner with us, it's thrilling to see how God uses it in great ways to bless and encourage so many lives through the radio. Another convenient way to make a donation is online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Celebrating over 20 years of God's faithfulness, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 